0: In the future, roving bands of comic book podcasts will savage the wasteland, once known as the Internet. One podcast, the Grawlix podcast, may not be the biggest, may not be the funniest, may not be the most well-spoken. Wait, what was my point again? Oh, yes, the Growlix Podcast. Listen to it at GrawluxPodcast.com. That's G R A W L I X podcast.com. Hi, I'm Ron Chaney. You're listening to Moose's Monster Mash. Welcome, horror hounds, to another all-new episode of Moose's Monster Mash. I am your host, Moose. Joining me today is a fantastic actress. You've seen her in Human Centipede and many other films, and hopefully you've checked out her most recent film, Antidote. If not, you'll learn in this episode why you should. Before I drag on much longer, allow me to introduce the talented and wonderful miss ashlyn Yenny.
1: hi glad to be here I'm
0: glad you're here so how, how's it going how's life
1: you know it's going things are good you know the world is opening back up slowly at least los angeles is in many many ways so it's a uh, can't complain it's, it's, it's good
0: so this new post-covid world at post-covid yeah post restrictions world i guess covid's here to stay Uh, is different, but it's good to be getting back to almost normal.
1: Yeah. I mean, the thing is with with my industry though, it didn't, it changed and it's kind of sticking a little bit, especially the audition process. (laughs) Like everything became a self tape and, you know, it was kind of going that way prior to COVID, but then, you know, when COVID hit, everything became a self tape and casting directors are really digging on that. And so, you as an actor now, you basically have to, you know, have your own studio in your home to, to record yourself now, which is fine. I mean, we all do it. You know, we all adapted. But in-person auditions are are very, uh, you know, select these days. So um, it's interesting how COVID has has changed us, but also sometimes it's made it a little bit better. But at the same time. I kind of, I miss an in person audition. I'm complaining, but um, yeah. So
0: I I think there's a lot of changes that we saw during the last year that probably will stick. I mean, there's going to be a lot yeah. more people cognizant of, you know, hey, if I'm sick, I should probably stay home.
1: Yeah, and even the amount of work that people can get done from home rather than going into an office setting per se, and like, you know, it's it's just an interesting. You know, I know a lot of people who went remote and they actually moved to different states where they could still keep their job. And so basically they were making a California income, but now living in a much more reasonable state. I was like, very smart. Very, very smart move, guys. Well,
0: like here, I know my kids are upset because – we lost snow days. Oh, because since they had been doing remote for the first half of the school year, all the kids were on yeah. tablets. So, what would have been a snow day?
1: <laughs> They're like, it, no, it was I a remote to to day. School. Oh no! The kids lived for snow days. At least I did. I grew up in yeah. Wyoming, so I remember. I remember snow days, and you lived for those. You were like, it's a snow day just like a random tuesday you're watching on
0: the news like all right is it closed is it closed yeah oh i still have to go to school but in my house
1: yeah yeah oh man that sucks for kids i I didn't even think about that they lost snow days man brutal such a part of childhood too
0: (laughs) right so let's jump into uh human centipede yeah you you were in one and two
1: i was in one and
0: two yes which are two vastly different movies yes (laughs) (laughs) it's interesting because human centipede i I think takes a lot of flack for it it has that like gross out factor yeah now my first watch through it's it's definitely hard to digest it's a, a that might be the wrong word. Um. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> no pun intended. Yeah. There's so many puns with the human centipede. It's funny. <laughs> yeah.
0: You know, it, it's definitely an odd movie. Your first, you know, go out. But yeah. Once you get past that initial, Oh, this is what the, you know, movie is. You go back and watch it again. It comes across as more of like a, frankensteinian art film
1: yeah for sure yeah i mean i i agree with you in that sense because i mean the first time i saw it i was just like oh my god (laughs) you know and then it took me a couple more times to see it to understand you know
0: say what was your reaction like when you got the script for it like
1: Yeah, this is the this is like such an interesting part of this, the whole process of the human centipede. And so I was 22, I think when I 22 or 23, when I did that movie, I was living in New York, I just graduated from my film conservatory. And, you know, prior to the human centipede, I hadn't done anything. I'd been in a few commercials and I'd done, you know, like an under five on a soap opera. (laughs) I I had zero experience basically, you know, uh, my manager at the time, you know, called me and said, Hey, there's an audition for a controversial European film.
0: (laughs) That's one way to put it. And controversial can mean (laughs) so
1: many different things, especially nowadays. Right. So and remember this is like 2008. So there's no Twitter. There's no Instagram. Facebook is still, pretty much used by you know colleges and universities and stuff so there wasn't this like online social media presence that we have these days so it's not like you could just go on and be like hey does anybody else have this a lot of people still had a flip phone at the time the iphone was still relatively new to a lot of people so it was just a different time right so i i was like so young and i was like yeah let's go to the audition so i go to the audition and i saw a few girls that i knew there you know, because I, I was living in New York and I like, you know, had a group of actress friends and a bunch of them walked out. They were like, no way. I'm never auditioning for this. Because there was a <laughs> sheet of paper. Yeah, this, is the, this is the craziest part. There's a sheet of paper outside, you know, in the waiting room. It's just one sheet of paper, by the way. Printed on it was a synopsis of the film. Dr. Heider, who he was, why he was you know, conjoining three people together, sawing them ass to mouth and how they became his pets. And they were going to function as this like one, you know, thing. And I'm reading this and I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs>
0: like, <laughs> You know, honestly,
1: I'm like, this is so weird, but I'm so intrigued to meet these people who are behind this, this door. Right. I'm like, this is weird. You know, and a couple girls had gone in and out, you know, and I didn't, they weren't screaming, you know, and they were leaving. So I was like, okay. So I go in and Tom was not there, Tom Six. He was in London or Amsterdam at the time, because they had already cast Ashley C. Williams in the role of Lindsay. So she had already auditioned for it. So the girl that they had originally cast as Jenny. She wrote a blog or she had a blog at the time when people blogged, she had a blog and she like talked about it and they were very, very big on like, you cannot give any spoilers away. Do you have any online presence whatsoever? Like you can't talk about this movie at all. And I guess she had done that. So they fired her. Ooh. So they were looking for a new, yeah. So they are looking for a new actress. But I, I believe Ashley already knew she had the part or she was pretty sure she was like in the running or I, I, I don't know exactly because I, I had a callback with her. But um. so I go in and there's Tom's sister, Alona, and she's this beautiful Dutch woman. She's like blonde, tall, accent, just not what I was expecting <laughs> walking into this room. And she's just has this like little camera and she's just like, okay. I just want you to act, you know, with your eyes only. I'm going to give you a bunch of scenarios and just, you know, emote without saying anything. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and then I asked her a million questions. I think I was in there for almost an hour because I was literally like, because she had diagrams and pictures of how the three people are going to be sewn together. I wasn't phased by it. I was just like, oh, cool. So how are you guys going to make that happen? Like, is this like? Special effects, like is it practical? Like, is my face actually going to be in someone's butt? Like, how does that really work? You know, because I was, so, I was just like, what is this? You know, and I love, you know, like I'm not a big horror buff, but I love practical effects. You know, it's like really cool to see, like, you know, when they slice somebody's neck open and the blood spills out and it's all, you know, live happening and it's cool when you see that stuff happen. So. I was like really just curious how they were going to make this all happen. I think Alona just got a great feeling and like we just jived basically. So then I left that audition. I went to Philadelphia that night and saw Radiohead in (laughs) in concert. And I remember watching Radiohead play and I couldn't stop thinking about The Human Centipede. I just couldn't get it out of my head. I was like, this is such a weird movie I auditioned for. It was so weird. I was telling everybody about it. I was just like so freaking weird and then um two days later i got a call hey come back for a call back i went back for a callback. i was kind of around robin with a bunch of different girls um ashley and i did have an audition together which you can see on the bonus footage of i think the first dvd of the first one you kind of can see some of our audition process which is very funny because <laughs> they have no idea what we're doing
0: <laughs> and
1: um and there was no script by the way there was no script so i got a call later that night my manager's like, hey, you booked it. The Alona's going to come by my office tomorrow um, at like 10. Can you be there to sign the contract? And we're going to go up for everything. And I was like, okay. So Alona comes in. We sign the contracts. We you know, do, do all the paperwork. And I literally have to leave like four or five days later. It was very, very quick for me. I, it was a quick, quick turnaround. Like I didn't have a lot of time to prep. And Alona hands me this uh, little tiny booklet, which I still have. And it's just bound on one side, and it's just paragraphs that describe each scene. And there's no that's the script that was the that was the shooting script <laughs> we worked with. So for me, it was a very 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 weird introduction to making a film because I didn't have a proper script. It was very very quick. I didn't have a lot. I, there was like zero prep time. I didn't. I hadn't met the director, you know. And we're filming in a foreign country. <laughs> so I then got on a plane like five days later. And went to Amsterdam for, I think it was like four weeks, four and a half, five weeks. And just dove right into filming The Human Centipede. And at the time, you know, I remember making fun of the name to Tom. You know, I was like, I can't believe you're going to call it The Human Centipede. No one's going to watch this. You know, like, I'm such a, like, turd at 22. You know, I was like making fun of the movie. And and he was like, no, Ashley, this is going to be a big deal. And I was like, okay, Whatever. Again, I knew nothing really about independent films. I didn't know much about, you know, I was super young and I didn't know much about horror films either. Uh, I didn't understand the cult following that a lot of them had. Um, and then, fast forward to so film the movie. Fast forward to a year later, in New York, I get a call: "Hey, it's playing at this this uh, film festival in London." And Aki, the Japanese guy in the movie who's the head of the human centipede, he emails me and he's like, hey, are you going to go? And I was like, yeah, let's go to London for the weekend. (laughs) Mind you, production's not paying for any of this. You know, it's just like us being crazy kids. And so Aki and I go to London and um, like separately, but we, you know, met up there he like texts me and said, Hey, are you, what are you wearing to the screening? And I was like, Oh, I brought, pl- I brought a dress. And he was like, cool. I brought a suit. Like, let's dress up for our movie premiere. And I was like, yeah, let's do it. Like when else is our movie going to play in a theater? That's like my thinking behind it. So we walk into this theater in London and um, there's 1300 people there to watch this. Holy shit. <laughs> and I was like, huh? What? I was, there was over a thousand people there and i was like what is going on and then literally we walked out of the movie theater and there was just insane amount of press i mean it was at fright fright fest which is the largest you know you in the uk it's the largest horror film festival and this was it's from like human Centipede was making it's basically premiere, you know for the festival circuit at this point and i was I that's really when it started. I was like, okay, so people are interested, people like this. And Tom just looked at me and was like, get ready. And then literally for like the next, I would say good, like four or five years, (laughs) it's all anybody wanted to talk about. And then I followed it up with doing part two. You know, I had signed on to do part two, even before part one came out. So Tom had finished part one. And then he had called me and said, hey, I want to do part two. I want to shoot it in London. This is going to be the basis of it. Everything we didn't show you in part one, we're going to show in part two. And I was like, gross. Let's do it. (laughs) And and, uh, it was really gross. Like, it was really, part two was disgusting. Part one wasn't disgusting to film. Part one was actually not that bad. I hate saying that because people always want to hear it's disgusting. Um, Part one was really just very... uh, it was very, it was really nice. And it was honestly really nice to film. It wasn't bad. Like the way we shot the human, the centipede stuff, like all that stuff, it was just, wasn't bad. Part two now was bad. It was gross. It was just, it was the same concept, but just where we were filming and the conditions were just, because it needed to look gritty. It needed to look raw. It needed to look, you know, like not, like not polished, nothing like the first one. And it was really, and there was more of us too. So there was more bodies to, wrangle and it was just uh it was really really gruesome to film part two
0: let's see and yeah that, was, that was the uh big difference i was like like the first one yeah it comes across as like this art art film
1: yeah it's really really and the dp did a great job we filmed in this beautiful home that we destroyed but you know we filmed <laughs> in this it was everything was white and pristine and just very clinical and very medical and just like you know they they also because, you know, Tom and Malona were working with, you know, a German actor, Dieter Laser, and then Aki, who is Japanese, and then the two American girls. And so they really just wanted us to feel all very, very comfortable. So they took really, really good care of us. You know, we didn't work super long hours. We didn't, you know, they fed us really, really well. We had really great transportation. We had really re- great accommodations. And so it was just, it was just really, we had really lovely days off where we could go into Amsterdam and bop around and like, you know. The smoke a blunt and walk through the red light district you know what i mean like it was just like this like really great like experience and part two did have that as well but you left way more fucked up because of what you were filming in part two because it was just so gross like the pregnant woman everything in part two was just the band-aid ripped off and it was so gross um
0: i say yeah, part two yeah. felt more like that grunge horror
1: yeah slasher was, movie ugh. Yeah, I, I had a hard time. I I think I cried. I had to call my mom like a few times and cry because <laughs> I was like, "It's so awful what we're filming." Was you know? Two and, was a lot
0: more visceral.
1: Yeah, and um, yeah, and it wasn't intended to be in black and white. It was shot in color, and so that's why some of the blacks don't look as black. I think, but it's a different—a totally different feel. And um, but yeah, so it just like the Human Centipede was just one of those movies where. I didn't expect it to do what it did. I didn't expect it to become this like cult, you know, film, this like and be in pop culture. I didn't expect that, especially being my first film. It was a really re- weird ride for me for the first, you know, five years of my career because it's all anybody associated me with, which is because it's all I had. You know, I hadn't done anything else. And so I was kind of looked at as this like, really crazy actress when in reality, I'm not, you know, and it just like, Oh, you know, I just happened to have got cast in this really, you know, fucked up movie.
0: Which and, is uh, funny because I mean, you and Ashley had like the hardest jobs. You had to act with your eyes.
1: No dialogue. Yeah, yeah. It was
0: all eye acting.
1: All eye acting, which is, it's such a challenge, especially being such a young actor and, you know, not having a proper script to work off of, and, you know, any of the dialogue that's in the movie between Ashley and I, which you can tell now if you go back and watch. Like it's all improv and that's why you hear us saying each other's names repeatedly. It's like Jenny Lindsay, Jenny Lindsay. I'm like, yeah, so them sew so those bitches shut. Like just <laughs> to stop talking. <laughs> just you know, show like, those oh, mouths
0: shut now.
1: Slow them so, so shut right now. Um, but anything between Dieter and Aki, they came up with those that dialogue themselves. So they each had a very strong idea of what they wanted their character to be. Dieter, especially, you know, who brilliantly is Dr. Hyder and I honestly can't imagine anyone else playing that part. He was so fantastic, and Dieter stayed in character the entire time. So, you know, I distinctly remember—I think it was before he has to like pull my teeth out. That scene where he pulls my teeth out—you know, I'm under anesthesia when he does it. But um, he, so he stayed in character the entire time. We were on set, and I was in my dressing room, which was in the house, and I hear my door creak open, and Dieter just pops his head in looks at me smiles and then retreats back and shuts the door <laughs> 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 and I was like what is wrong with you and no he was and I was just like okay cool so he's he's just trying to freak me to F out right now you know okay. and then we get down to set and he's like don't worry i'm not going to really take them and i was like okay cool because you're not supposed to i have to film the rest of the movie <laughs> you know good because I, uh, I,
0: I, I want my teeth
1: <laughs> i'd like to keep them and um you know he's he's very funny and then he walked into the rap party and he's like this like super vibrant just like just wonderful human being and he, that opposite of dr Hyder. and it was just very jarring at one point i was like oh my god we've spent like a month with you being frightening and now you're just like hey what's up champagne and you're just like no. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> i was just like really crazy but yeah so it just you know it was such a it still is just a crazy part of my life you know like we said earlier <laughs> like life is a trip it is a ride and I'm just a small town girl from Wyoming who moved to New York to be an actor and just ended up becoming part of the human centipede, which became part of pop culture and you know was spoofed on everything. And it's one of those great bar conversations when people are like, Oh dude, I know her, you know. Like <laughs> I know that girl. <laughs> and it's it's really trippy and it's really it's a really fun, you know, part of my story. Um to be honest, I I fought it for a while because You know, as an actor, you know, especially when you do something that's so controversial. I remember I was on a film, I was doing a commercial here and it had been like, I don't know, five years after the release of the movie. And one of the girls found out I was in the movie and she just couldn't stop making fun of me about it. And she was like making fun of me in like a bad way. Like she was like, I would never do that. You know, just being typical.
0: You are the ass of the centipede.
1: Yeah, bitchy girl. And I, I just kind of looked at her and I was like, well, what have you done? <laughs> you know, and I just was like, tell me I I because I'm not reading you my resume. You are trying to just put me down. And I was just like, okay. So I used to not tell people. I used to just kind of shy away from it a bit. And I didn't want to be dubbed a scream queen and all those things. But as I got older, you know, now I'm in my mid thirties, um, you know, I really owned it where being a scream queen I was it just it one I don't know what year it was where it hit me I think it was after I turned 30 I was like you know it's really cool to be called a scream queen I love that title because not a lot of people can do it and I say that not with any arrogance I just say that with hey I'm pretty good at playing fear and terror and I like it I like the horror genre I like acting in that genre because I get to play the full spectrum of emotion, you know, where I get to be happy, sad and love all of those things. But then I also get to play death and like real fear for your life and man against man or, you know, the movie I'm getting ready to go do. It's a paranormal film. And it's just really, really cool to be a part of that genre, which you don't always get to do, you know, in a drama or a romantic comedy. You kind of get to play a little bit of the spectrum of emotions, but when you get to play the full gamut, it's really exciting. And so I feel very fortunate that, you know, I have that title put on me and people trust me with their movies, you know, to be in them. So it's really cool.
0: So what prompted the uh, move from Wisconsin to New York? Just oh, Wyoming. I apologize.
1: Even less. I know even less people. Um, You know, I grew up, I always wanted, I think I did my first play when I was like four and, I have a really, really good memory. It's, I have a photographic memory. I've been tested and it's just always been this like thing that I was able to memorize lines very, very quickly and easily. And, um, just a very good tool as an actor to have. Um, and I always just loved performing. I just loved performing. And, um, I was a dancer and my mom is originally from Huntington beach, California. And a bunch of different things. She ended up in Wyoming and her and my dad were just very supportive in whatever they, whatever, I have two older sisters and whatever we were interested in, they just supported us, you know, and the acting bug bit me when I was like 12. I told my dance teacher and she was like, oh, I know an agency in Denver. And I was like, cool. Without my parents knowing, I remember this is like in the 90s. I sent my I had my oldest sister take some pictures of me, and I sent them to this agency. And they called my mom, and we're like, "We're interested in wrapping your daughter." Oh no! <laughs> and my mom was like,
0: "What? What? <laughs> yeah."
1: And I came home from school, and I was like, "Mom, this is it. Oh my god!" And I was like, "This is the same agency that Jessica Beale and Carrie Russell came out of," which is true, and in Denver. And my mom was like, "You know what, Ashlyn? I'm going to take you." And I'm gonna, you're gonna feel what it feels like to be rejected because they're gonna reject you when they see you in person because you have zero training. So <laughs> I was like, uh huh, cool. Yep, yeah, mm-hmm, no problem. <laughs> and, um, and, but my mom was re- a real, my mom is like tough love, you know, and she's like a realist. She's like, listen, I grew up in California. I know what that business is like and it's rejection. She's like, every single day of your life, you will face rejection. And I was like, I can do it, mom. I can handle it. And she's like, okay. So she's like, they're not gonna want you. You're we live six hours away blah blah blah. so I I go there I have this meeting and they're like we want to sign her she needs to start taking classes you know we have these like you know agency showcases and all this stuff and then I started working I started doing like local theater in Denver and then we ended up moving to Denver like two years later my parents um, saw how basically passionate I was about this wasn't going to go away they were like we see our daughters wanting to flourish my two older sisters were in modeling as well and so my parents made the move to Denver and then you know I continued all through high school and then acting and you know I just did local stuff you know whatever I could do you know even if it was like a student film for the college there and then um, when I was 18 I wanted to go to LA first I came out here and I was like "Ah, I'm not ready for LA and then I ended up it was just by chance. I met this woman who was a, she had a school in New York. It was a conservatory and she was the president of it. And she was like, you really should get training. And I was like, yeah, I think I need, that. <laughs> I think as you know, cause I wasn't really interested in the fame of acting. I was really just interested in the art of acting and the craft. And she was like, you should move to New York. And I was like, I've been to New York. I don't like it. And she's like, well, maybe you'll like it again. <laughs> so <laughs> she was really convincing. And, uh, And I ended up moving like, you know, four months after meeting this woman, I enrolled kind of not on a whim, but just kind of like, yeah, let's just do that. Cause I I didn't want to be in California yet. And I'd always said I was only going to move to LA if I had something to go off of, because LA is just this really big spread out place where there's, everybody's an actor and everybody's clawing for that piece of cheese. And I was just like, eh, I need to have a little bit more edge. And I moved to New York and I loved it. I lived there for six years and I got my training there and I, you know, did theater there and I went to a film and um, television conservatory because that's where I primarily was going to focus my craft is I really just wanted to be in film and television. But, you know, when you live in New York, it's always like a rite of passage to be involved in some sort of live anything, you know, if if it's improv or theater or whatever. And so I was at the Manhattan Repertory Theater for a few years. And I just really enjoyed myself and I enjoyed just learning how to be an actor, also how to run myself as a business. And then it just so happened when the human centipede came out, because it got a lot of, you know, attention, I then was able to move to Los Angeles having representation. So I moved here and the first pilot season I had, I was going in for, you know, series regulars on, you know, new pilots and things like that. So it was really, really, really cool to um to kind of project that out there and then it it happened that way. And I've been in LA now for 10 years. So it's been it's been pretty, pretty great. I love living in California. Um I do miss the East Coast. I met my husband back in New York and we both moved out here. But yeah, we miss the East Coast a little bit. But um as far as like, you know, what the business has to offer, we're very thankful that we're here. So
0: Oh, then, I mean, it sounds like you grabbed your destiny and wrote it when you were 12. Yeah, (laughs) I tried to, you know,
1: like, yeah, I just, you know, it's like, it's funny how like life, you know, flows and I never, ever thought I was going to leave New York when I was there. I was like, oh, I'm a New Yorker. I'm staying in New York, you know, and uh, and then L.A. came knocking and I was like, okay, let's see what this is about. And then I think once you come out here, you're just like, oh. I don't have to deal with snow or the subway. This is great, <laughs> you know. I'm going to trade that for sunshine and traffic. Okay, no problem. Right. Um, so that was just a different, you know, different kind of world. But yeah, it's a it's been quite a little adventure.
0: As I was getting ready for this interview, I spent like a week watching as many of your properties as I could. Oh my goodness! Which was fun. Um, <laughs> and I came across. Uh, submission or america kama sutra which uh, however you find it it kind of depends on what platform you find it on um and that was interesting
1: well submission is a very very different show than american kama sutra (laughs) and the story behind that is that was submission was a, a mini series developed for showtime and um it was like a late night series and so it was Very, very, very risque. Very, very. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. It was very explicit, and honestly, signing onto it, I didn't know how how explicit it was going to be. I mean, i had I had to sign away saying I was okay with like these thirty specific things happening to me. Like, I was actually tied up. I was actually flogged. It wasn't, you know. And I was like, how is this not softcore porn? (laughs) You know, like I was like, this is crazy and i mean i'd done sex scenes before um in movies and that series was actually the most professional i've worked on um as far as like having an intimacy coordinator which now is required on every single set but back in 2015 that wasn't a requirement for a lot of shows they didn't require you to have that but we had an intimacy coordinator we also had you know an actual dom who she was the one who did all the things That I had done to me, like any of the flogging or the hitting or the suspension or anything, she did all of that. So then uh, it was on Showtime for like, I think, you know, it, it was a limited series. And then they wanted to do a second series. And I said no because I just didn't, I didn't really like how I was portrayed in the first light. And people actually thought I was a porn star at one point. (laughs) And I was like, Oh, this is not a good career move. And uh, it was a really fun project to work on. I love everyone that I worked with, but it just wasn't exactly completely transparent in what was going to be the length of things that were shown. And also, you know, when you shoot, when you shoot a sex scene in a movie, you know, you can shoot a sex scene for hours, you know, it can take, Hours because you're doing different angles, different setups, different lighting, blah blah blah. But when people use every single ounce of footage that they have, it freaks
0: you out a little bit
1: as an actor because you're like, oh, I didn't, I didn't sign on to do that. Um, it's like
0: that's more than a snippet.
1: <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And so I, I, I opted out not to do the second season, which they ended up not doing. um They said they would recast me, and I said that's great, find someone else to do it. And of course, I think they had a lot of trouble finding another actress who would sign on to that now. Because the first one, people could watch it, and then they could say no, like absolutely not. So
0: then, yeah, it was so, very explicit. <laughs> yeah,
1: and then um, in uh, then they, the producer sold it to a European um, distributor, who then took out all the sex scenes and everything, <laughs> and basically made it a movie called American Kumasatra, which is a completely false name it should not be called that it's very silly but it's called that um and they put it out there as like this romantic comedy years later <laughs> so I have nothing to do with any of it I don't even know where I don't I don't understand it even the director was like that was really weird move like you know as far as like what why the producers did that because it's a very it's just very very different if you watch submission and then you were to see American Kuma Satra, you would, yeah, it's it's just, it's a very weird, it was a very weird job. I say yeah. the, the,
0: the movie version is, it's weird. It's like the opposite of what normally happens because, you know, normally a movie gets toned down for TV. Yeah. Um, in this case, TV got toned down for the movie.
1: Yeah. Cause I mean, well, Showtime. So Showtime and HBO, you know, they can show everything <laughs> you
0: know and they can yeah, whatever it was they a want. very uh tame movie i was just like
1: okay yeah it's weird it's a romantic comedy it's like really weird <laughs> like i mean i only watched like part because i didn't i didn't care to watch it and but i was like that's silly and then i was also like that's a really really dumb name and i think the producers the i don't know who they are but the distribution company actually tried to get me to like plug it and i was like i have nothing to do with this it's like so, i don't no. want to
0: no <laughs> i was like no
1: i was like i don't even plug submission so i was like no i'm not even i don't even talk about it so it's like not a, not not a thing yeah it's very interesting that's what happens in hollywood
0: oh i bet so yeah. it did lead me to wondering though because I, I have noticed throughout your body of work you do body work you you show your body a lot and um i was wondering given everything that's like come out of hollywood scandal wise and things like that what kind of safeguards like do you have in place and like what kind of tips can you give up and coming uh well actresses to make sure that they're comfortable in like a nude scene or something like that
1: Well, it's interesting because like, you know, the human centipede, my first movie, you know, there's nudity in it, but it's not sexual. And it's a it's a very like degrading nature. And then the first nude scene I actually did um, was in a film. Sex scene was in a film called um, Fractured. Mm -hmm. And um it was a big deal to do that scene. You know, it was a very, it was very uh, raw. The way that they shot that was just not as like, it was, it was, it was a a submission, even though submission showed a lot more (laughs) filming, the fractured scene was much, much more difficult because, you know, the actor in it didn't have to wear a cock sock, which is something that covers him completely. I didn't have to wear, you know, a, a Merkin and, and, in submission we did so it was like (laughs) it was just like so different um and what I tell tell actresses is you know because I have done nudity before and um is you have to be very very comfortable with one knowing that it's going to be seen forever and you will probably it will show it it will put you in a different category because once you do nudity Every job you do after, they will ask you to do nudity. Even if it's not um in the script, they will find a way to make you naked. <laughs> because that's just, you know, they're like, oh, she did it once, maybe she'll do it again. Uh no, you're worse because you know, I'm not doing this for free. So if I'm nude in a film, you can be sure I'm getting paid for it, um, which is why I tell a lot of actresses, you know, don't just be naked because you're like, you really want to part, like be naked, but know your worth. like know your number, like, and know, like, hey, if you want me naked in that scene, it's going to cost you X amount of dollars. And bottom line, they probably won't pay it because they either it's not in the budget, they can't afford it, or they will because they're like, okay, cool. Um,
0: either way, it's a win-win.
1: Either way, it's a win. I was like, but you as an actress, you know as a young actress going into it, I would say hold off as long as possible. Um, I, unfortunately, because I did The Human Centipede and it was, I there was nudity in it. Again, it was not of a sexual nature, but because there was nudity and because of the context of that movie, a lot of the movies I did after that, a lot of the projects I did after that had very, um, you know, explicit scenes in it or nudity in it that, you know, it was just like, Okay. And then like, for instance, I did a movie called The Scribbler and that character actually had a, had a condition called bestophobia, which is the fear of being trapped in clothing. And I auditioned, I, I was, you know, brought to the director and producer of that movie. And they were like, listen, your character's naked the entire time because she doesn't wear clothing. That's just your character. It's a, it's a graphic novel. She's in the graphic novel. We're not just asking you to be naked. And I was like, oh, this is actually a really cool, like, you know, character because I didn't know this condition existed. And some people do have it where they just don't like being in clothing. And so again, that wasn't like of a sexual nature, but I was completely nude in that movie where you can see like full frontal and behind and everything. And that was really hard to feel comfortable to do because, you know, I'm literally just walking around set completely nude filming. And you know, I'm working opposite some pretty talented actors who were like, you're so brave. And I was like, am I or am I nuts? I don't know. A little of <laughs> both. Um, a little of both. But, you know, I did a lot of nudity when I was, you know, it, early on in my career. And now that I'm in my mid 30s and I'm a mom now, I don't do it. Um, I haven't done nudity in quite a while uh, because it's just not something that interests me anymore unless it's part of the story for a specific reason um but i can always pretty much find a reason to not be nude you know (laughs) if it's in the story i can be like does she really have to be naked at this moment or hey yeah i know she's in the shower but you you don't have to see everything it's already implied you know and no one's taking um, a shower
0: with their clothes on
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, it's implied. So, um, yeah, it's just, it's, it's one of those things as a new actress, I would tell people, I've I've actually had actually discussed this with a gentleman for his book that he was writing (laughs) about nudity and acting. And I always, you know, I said the same thing. I said, you know, you, you hold off as long as possible and know your worth. And also, if you don't feel 100% comfortable doing it, then don't do it. I never felt uncomfortable. Um, I don't have any body issues you know I have friends who do where they see themselves like body dysmorphia or they have maybe an eating disorder or something and it's like I don't have any of those things I just look at it as a body and if I am in my past you know when I was nude in things and there was like sex scenes I was like yeah you know that's the sex scene like of course that's how people have sex of course you don't wear any clothes girls don't wear a bra when they have sex normally like they just don't (laughs) um So, yeah, it's just uh, you have to find in yourself if you're okay with it, because I know a lot of girls who I've worked with them who've gotten on set and then they're really upset because they're like, I'm not ready for this. I'm not comfortable. And I'm like, well, then you shouldn't have said yes to this job because you have to understand from here on out, you will be looked at as, you know, a girl who's done that. And also it's on your resume now and it's on the Internet forever. And you know, people can Google you nude and see every single thing you've done, and you have to be okay with that. And if you're not, then don't do it. And uh, I think nowadays enough girls give away so much on Instagram. I'm like, <laughs> you're giving it away for free. I'm like, get paid that's for crazy. it. Yeah, get paid for it, man. Like, do it for art. To do it for a job, but don't just give it away for free. But yeah.
0: So let's talk good stories. Yeah. I just recently watched your most recent uh, release, Antidote. Yes. And it has a really good story. And without giving too much away, I guess the best comparison I can give it, make to it, is early Saw films, in that it has that, like, punishment for something uh, dynamic.
1: Yeah. Um,.
0: It's gorgeously shot. Which you know, considering I think you guys were on what, maybe two locations by the looks of it.
1: Well, the, yeah, I mean the majority of it takes place in the facility, but I mean the when I like without giving too much away, when I you know there's an escape scene that was all shot into Panga Canyon. Then there's, you know, there's like, there's probably like six or seven total locations, but the, but the, for the main film, we're shooting just one place. We shot predominantly, I think it was like over 20 some days were just shot at the facility. So, so, yes. And
0: what I liked the most about it, even before I watched it, was the idea of, cause it taps into like an innate fear that everyone has of being put under.
1: Under. yeah
0: yeah it was that uh your character gets put under in the hospital and wakes up somewhere entirely different
1: yeah terrifying
0: it's <laughs> like are you kidding me
1: yeah it's a huge fear it's like a huge fear and like most human beings where it's like you know because any any surgery anytime you go into a hospital it's uncomfortable it's like because hospitals are, are built that way they're just sterile and cold and creepy and you know you're just like okay cool you're drugging me and i have no idea what you're doing please don't hurt me you know and um yeah it was uh i think peter and matt toronto the guys who wrote the film you know peter obviously directed it as well um you know they had a. I I liked the story because when I read the script, I didn't I didn't know the ending. I didn't know what was coming. Now a lot of people have watched the movie and were like, I knew it from the beginning. And I was like, Well, you're smarter than I am, or maybe you just watch more movies than I do. But I didn't see it coming when I um, read the script. So when I got to that scene with Helen Bach and Sharon um, in his office, and it, everything is kind of unraveling and being explained, I'm like, Oh shit okay, okay. And then you start to see like parts of it throughout that you're like, Oh, yeah, this makes sense. Because I remember one guy interviewed me. And he was like, Yeah, I knew something was up because the security in that place. There's no security. (laughs) And I was like, exactly. And he was like, Really, there's no way out. You know, there's no way out. So it doesn't mean they don't need security. And I was like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was like all these little tiny things that were peppered throughout. You know, if you if you kind of pay attention, you can see where it's leading. So
0: well, it's like I knew there was a, I knew there was going to be a twist. Yeah. I didn't know what the twist was. Yeah. So I, I was kind of happy when now I, I will say there's a part where she's explaining something and it's like, oh, OK, it clicks. Yeah. Th- that's what's going on. But up until that part, it's just like, oh, what the, no, there's what the fuck is going on in this movie
1: yeah yeah, yeah. you know
0: weird shit keeps happening yeah. like what are these people getting punished for who's doing the punishing yeah you know and it's, you want to know yeah. like what these other people are in there for and i mean yeah. you can kind of pick up on it like you can tell one guy is a rapist
1: yeah you learn so you kind of discover that's one thing about you know it's a movie it's not perfect where I kind of wish you know there was a little bit more about each of them just a little bit more story because um I just like that a lot. I understand it's Sharon's story but you know I I like to learn about you know the whole cohesive picture and so I just wish there was a tiny bit more, more about Everett maybe or you know Cassandra you do learn about but even Helen Bach, if you would have seen a little bit of flashback, maybe of him or something. But again, we don't have the budget for that. You know, it's an independent horror feature. So
0: I say, I think you know, Everett's the only one you don't really learn about.
1: Yeah, you don't learn about Everett and you don't, you don't, you learn about Rizzo, but just, you know, a bit. But Cassandra is the only one where you really see it like fleshed out kind of. And yeah. she has a lot more in the movie. And then even, even Helen Bach, like you, here you, he tells you what it is but you don't get to see that you know part of him or realistically even him being tortured. Um, you don't ever see a doctor being tortured which I think would have been a really cool twist. Oh but yeah again it's just a you know it's a movie you can only pack so much into it so
0: so far of the you know like I said it's been a week watching your body work it's probably my favorite.
1: Oh, thank you. You know, this is one of my favorite roles I've ever done. Um, This was the first movie I did after I had my daughter. So um, I was really itchy to just dive back into something and I really wanted to like spread my wings. And, you know, to be to be truthfully honest, the story behind how I got this part is um, the DP I'd worked with previously in the year on a short film. His name is Lucas Patassi. And you had mentioned that the, the film is really beautiful. He's a very, very, very talented DP. So he reached out to me on a Thursday night. And he's like, through Instagram, he's like, hey, what are you doing your month of October, 2019? <laughs> and I was like, what are you talking about? I'm here. I'm in LA. What are you doing? And he was like, cool, I'm going to send you a script. <laughs> didn't tell me. Didn't tell me anything about it. Didn't say anything about it. I read the script that night. Email him back. I'm like, whoa, this is really a good. I like this. This is a really cool story. He's like, yeah, I'm. I'm, you know, in the movie. And he's like, we just lost our lead actress, so you're down. And I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> he's like, the director knows who you are. He's seen. He's seen some of, of your movies. And funny enough, the director, one of his movies was released by the same company that did American Kumisadra. Oh, <laughs> so nice. It's like weird. It's like this weird tie-in. And um, so he was like, he knows who you are, Uh, you were already on the short list of actresses they were considering, but they obviously want this other actress, because she's, she's a name actress, basically, she, you know, she's got lots of television credits, and she's more established, blah, 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 but she dropped out, and we start filming on Monday. (laughs) <laughs> again this is a Thursday night <laughs> and I have a one-year-old at home and I'm like what
0: you tend to get these short notice roles don't you yeah
1: and I was like geez okay this is I'm very reminiscent of you know something else also because it's a medical horror and I was like well, okay this is crazy um so then I had a phone conversation with Peter again I hadn't met him yet I had a phone conversation with Peter and one of the other producers and I'm like, yeah, like this is I was also just like ready for it. I was ready to just like dive into something really, really cool. And I was ready to just kind of spread my wings, especially now being a new mom and having so much more depth and life experience that you get becoming a parent. And so I was very, very excited to just dive in. And I did. And it was a roller coaster of a ride because um I'm in 90% of the movie, you know. <laughs> and so I didn't get a I didn't get a break. You know, it was like very emotionally charged. It was a it was challenging for sure, because I didn't have any time to prep. I had like two days before. And um, it's a it's a pretty hefty load to lift. But um, it was really cool. And I had, you know, Peter's an amazing director. Lucas, I also trusted completely, because I'd worked with him before and I knew his crew. And so I knew it was going to look spectacular. And all I had to do was just show up and do my job. So It was a really cool, um, you know, ride to go on. But again, we filmed, like I was filming, you know, the green screen before we even got to the facility. So I had to film all this stuff on green screen, which, you know, you're imagining what the director wants, you know? And then, um, before I'd even gone and filmed anything in the facility. And so it was shot so out of sequence that it was, uh, a lot of notes on where my character was emotionally, what she'd been through, like so. Well, was, um,
0: like you touched on pretty... earlier, you got to you you, you run the full gambit of emotions.
1: Yes, yes.
0: And yeah, you really got to tap into that uh, you know your your full range, which is what I really liked about it. I mean, it wasn't oh, I'm scared. Oh, I'm, it's a horror movie. No, I mean there there was anger and fear, mm-hmm. and it was just
1: confusion like yeah I, mean, I think a lot of it is like honestly because you know my character is very confused a lot of the time and so I think me not having a huge amount of time to prep also added into that because it's like I'm discovering along with the character at the same time you know all of these cool things and you know the other actors had had the script for a while and so I was very lucky that they came to set just like ready to rock so I had really really great teammates to work with and um they all brought their a-game and everybody just you know really was excited about the project and even down to like the doctors who signed on just to be extras for the day they're just like oh I'm coming on to this film set to play a doctor when in essence they had a lot more to do than just you know walking by it was a clipboard like they were an essential part of the movie yeah where I I fought for them I was like hey they're not just extras these guys are like they have a role in the movie. They actually like, they have to get psyched up to do this shit, you know, like pull out a tongue. Like that's just, that's not extra work. So that, that's
0: not something you just wake up and say, I'm going to pull out a tongue today.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. So it was, um, it was really cool. And it was, it was, it was a really challenging movie to film. Um, Just because, you know, at one point, because you when you are filming in one location like that, you know, at one point, I think we all were like, are we done in the hallway yet? (laughs) Because essentially it's one long hallway with doors on one side. And then the other side had doors that led to different rooms. And, you know, you had to trick it out to look a bunch of different ways. And so art department had a very, very big job in making it look different. And Lucas had a very big job in changing the lighting or the mood or whatever it was to make it feel on screen. Like I was, it like it was much bigger than it was, you know. It was, it was there were definitely moments on set where we were like, "What hallway are we in? What's it supposed to be at the end? Wait, what number? No, no, we just filmed that. Wait, what did we just film? Like, you know, cause there was just so much. And at one point, we were like, "Wait, what corner did she turn? Like, and we'd have to go back to the editor, you know, who's on set. And he'd have to like show us the footage from four days prior, and we'd be like, "Okay, okay, we got it. Okay, you know. <laughs> so it was. Uh, it was, it was trippy, but it was a very, very fun experience.
0: And that's out on demand now. I believe it, DVD release is early August.
1: Yes. So it came out on demand. And then, yeah, it's, like, available to rent wherever. You can rent a movie, I believe. And, um, yeah. Yeah, if you're sitting exciting. at home, just
0: sit down, rent it, watch it. It is definitely worth the watch.
1: <laughs> well, thank you.
0: I know you got to bounce soon so what uh upcoming projects do you have i think you mentioned something on twitter about they watch
1: yeah so i'm getting ready to go to pennsylvania i'll be in york pennsylvania um for about a month uh mid-july to mid-august we are going to be filming a paranormal film called they watch and um Honestly, one of the scariest scripts I've ever read. Um, I haven't done a paranormal movie before. I've only done horror films where it's man versus man. So I'm very excited to do um, you know, a paranormal movie, which is like yeah, it's just it's like it's just got this really cool creep factor. And um Doug Henderson is directing it and uh he's just this gem of a guy and I can't wait to work with him. And um yeah so i'm very excited for it it's gonna be i think it's gonna be pretty good i'm excited it's 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 really 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 well written and very very suspenseful and scary but also it's one of those horror films that has so much character development in it and you really really do care about the characters the main character and her husband quite a bit in this story so it's not just a regular horror film it's got so many more layers to it and um Those are always super exciting to get to play. Oh, I can't
0: wait. So where can listeners follow you, keep up to date with everything, you all your projects you have going on?
1: Um, Instagram, Twitter. Instagram is my name with an underscore in the middle. So Ashlyn underscore Yenny. On Twitter, it's just Ashlyn Yenny. Instagram wouldn't give me my full name. <laughs> uh, I don't know why. <laughs> Damn you, like Instagram! I, like, I know, but I'm like, I'm like, it's like a really unique name. <laughs> it's like, it's not like I'm just like Sally Joe, you know? I'm like, come on. Um, but yeah, so I keep I keep pretty much busy on both of those those websites, up to date with people, and pretty responsive, so people can find me there.
0: And listeners, you can find me and other great podcasters over at electronicmediacollective.com. Or on Twitter at Moose Media Inc. Ashlyn, God, I feel like we could sit and bullshit all day. Um, but I
1: know.
0: <laughs> I, I, I know you have a young youngin to take care of, so I'm gonna have to have you back on sometime.
1: I know. Hey, when They Watch comes out, I'll come back on for sure. We can oh, definitely. Chat more about I say we all will things. definitely
0: tear into They Watch and other yes. upcoming projects. So, thank you for sitting down with me today and. Tearing into your uh, resume. That was, this has been fantastic.
1: (laughs) You get a little bit of insight into the human centipede, which is just, uh, it's always fun. People are always super shocked to hear about the the making of that movie because it is, it is very, very, uh, people always just want to wonder. They're like, how did you guys do that? (laughs) Like I said at
0: the beginning, it was, it's a movie you have to watch twice. The first time you get the shock value. Yeah. And then, once you get past the shock, you go back and you watch it again. It is a completely different movie. Yeah. And it is a nice, artsy, Frankenstein. It, 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 it's it's a Frankenstein story. Yeah. With an art feel to it. And that's what I think a lot of people miss. Yeah,
1: because they just get grossed out with, you know.
0: And, and that's just concept. a small section of it.
1: Yeah. And that's what I think a lot of people, I I have a funny story. Like when it had first come out, I was doing some conventions and one guy walked up to me and was, was like, Oh my God, that part where like you see like the girl eats the food and you like see it. And I was like, that doesn't happen. And I was like, no, she, there is a part where she eats, you know, or he goes to the bathroom in her mouth. I was like, but you don't see anything. And he was like, no, you do. And I was like, no, you don't.
0: It's that Mandela so effect.
1: And I was like, no. And then he was, yeah, you do on the Mandela effect. And he was like, no, I swear to God. And no. I was like, see, isn't that crazy that you think in your mind that you saw it? I was like, but that actually didn't happen. Go watch back and watch the movie. And then he came back the next day and he said, you're right. And I was like, I know. And I was I like, I know. I was
0: trippy.
1: there. <laughs> I, mean, I made it. Obviously, I should know, you know. But it's so interesting how people thought they saw things that didn't happen a lot in that movie because it's amazing how much more creative you are in your own head than i think we could have ever been on set and tom really really that was his kind of like thing about the human centipede is he's like i love making a movie when people leave but they can't stop thinking about it and i know that when i auditioned for it it got into my head where i was like i can't stop thinking about this movie (laughs) like and i just auditioned for it you know the story was just so trippy. And so he did, he's, you know, he did a good job with, you know, getting into people's minds.
0: If you want it, I think you have a long successful horror career ahead of you.
1: Well, thank you. You know, I, I, again, I've said this before, I love making them. I love being in them. And um, it's just, they're, they're such, it's such a fun genre to work in. I'm very, very thankful. That's where I started um, because the horror genre is very uh, op- like open to new actors, and they're very, you know, forgiving if you're not ex- like perfect right out of the gate. You know, Human Centipede was obviously my first movie, and I wasn't exceptional in the movie by any means, but you know, it was just me, you know, cutting my teeth on something, and you know, people, you know, really embraced that movie, you know, in the horror world, and um, I'm forever grateful because. I now get to work in a really cool genre and I hope I get to make more and more, you know, better and better. I mean, hopefully one day when I'm old, I'll get to play like the creepy killer, you know, <laughs>
0: that's that, that's like, always the goal. You know, you see, your, yeah, you know, exactly. You work your way up till you become the slasher
1: till you become the slasher. Yeah. So
0: can't wait to have you back on. Talk about they watch.
1: Yay.
0: And until next time, horror hounds mash on. monster badge. Come back for more and drills if you dare.
1: In part two, when, you know, you do, they start like, you know, we start throwing up, you know, basically <laughs> because, you know, people are pooping and it's like all this stuff because of a shot in color um tom needed like some fake shit and the woman who was attached to me her name is maddie black she was this like vegan you know gluten-free uh just like super hippy dippy chick and she was like tom i've got it i'll make the shit you know so (laughs) she goes home that night and comes back with like this like vat of this like fake shit and it was like the consistency he wanted and all this stuff. And I'm like, what is that made of? And she's like, oh, darling, it's like coconut milk, cacao nibs, like vanilla, da 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 da. It was like fucking dessert. Like it was so good. <laughs> and at one point, at one point, the like alona was like would you guys stop eating the shit like because we were just like eating bowls of it because we were like it's so good mm, pudding. And it was like i know it was like but it was so good and, and she we were just like laughed dying because we had to then go film that scene where we're like spitting it out but reality it was like delish you know sorry i
0: swallowed the poop
1: <laughs> yeah we're like it was like really really good and i was like you should sell this <laughs> she's like right
0: this <laughs> is super funny centipede to uh, poop
1: i know it's funny funny little side stories that people hear about <laughs> yeah it's and like it's just it, it really happened and we were just like yeah and i mean i think i even asked you for the recipe at one point i was like "What is this i want to like freeze it go home and like make an ice pop it's delicious, you know <laughs> Up. And I'm like, what is that made of? And she's like, oh, darling, it's like coconut milk, cacao nibs, like vanilla, da, 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 da. It was like fucking dessert. <laughs> like, it was so good. And at one point, at one point, the like Alona was like, would you guys stop eating shit? Like, because we were just like eating bowls of it because we were like, it's and so pudding. good. And it was like. Like last dying because we had to then go film that scene
0: where we're like spitting it out, <laughs> but
1: reality it was like delicious. Sorry, I you know? the poop. <laughs> Yeah, we're like it was like really really good, and I was like, you should sell this. <laughs> and she's like, right?
0: <laughs> Centipede like to poop. So,
1: uh, I know it's funny, funny little side stories that people hear about. <laughs> yeah, it's and like it's just it, it really happened, and we were just like. Yeah, I mean, I think I even asked her for the recipe at one point. I was like, let's use this. I want to, like, freeze it. Go home and, like, make an it. It's delicious, you know? <laughs>